Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC for natural-looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there is a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Abner Marez is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Marez, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. To chat about topics like the state of boxing, Abner's journey from a kid who in the streets to a boxing champ, sports, music, culture, and family life and being a husband and a girl dad. Listen to On the Hook with Adner Mares whenever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. In the Know, the Bourbon Street Shots Podcast. We're your hosts, Schmidt Duop and Mason Ginsberg, and this is all Pelicans all the time. Welcome to In the Know, brought to you by betonline.ag, some good friends over there. We're going to have some interesting episodes coming up for you guys, but before we dive into all the other teams and their fancy stuff, we feel like we owe you some good old-fashioned Pelicans talk. Now, there has been a lot of news with the Pelicans uh, lately, especially with their coaching search, and Mason, before we even get into that, I need to know 
first of all, were you watching the Lakers win their championship? And if so, and I guess even if you weren't, what was your reaction? When did you become resigned to the fact that they were going to win? Um, the second the Goran and Bam injuries got announced. Oh, really? That's much later yeah. than where I was. I was resigned to the fact they were going to win the second the Clippers got eliminated. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I, I guess I misinterpreted that question. I guess in the finals, I, I thought that there was a chance. I thought Miami at full strength had a chance to knock them out. Like I still thought the Lakers would be favored and would likely win it, but I still had a decent amount of hope. And once, once those injuries came out with, with, uh, with two of their you know core players, I thought it was done, but yeah, I mean like that, my, I I'm with you. The, the, the clip that when the Clippers got knocked out, I just looked and said, there's no one that's going to beat. No one, no one's going to beat them. Like, I didn't think, I didn't think Boston or Miami like was, there's no way that either of those teams could be favored. And as cool of a story as Denver was with the three, one comebacks, there was just never, I mean, a, a matchup nightmare for them. So, um, so yeah, I, I think I was pretty much with you, but I still had a hope, right? Right. Yeah. It was disappointing that, Goran and Bam got hurt the way they did. Are you so? What, what were your like emotions after the Lakers winning the championship? Are you like meh? You salty? Are you angry? Are you happy? What's what's the feeling? I mean, bummed, obviously, but like I, I, I got to be honest, and I thought this for for both of us. I thought the receipts were coming, man. I was like. The Lakers fans have been like, bro. They they lit up Preston and <laughs> the bird rights. <laughs> we we made it, we made it out uh, unscathed, we, and I was like, all maybe right, because I've blocked like four hundred people this year. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't start blocking until late, uh, like once. I think it was like months post pandemic. I was just like, you know what? There's enough shitty things going on in the world right now. I don't I don't need these these clowns. Uh, <laughs> invading my mentions and making things any any worse so like i just yeah that's why i started blocking but yeah maybe, maybe that did it but yeah i was i was pleasantly surprised the lack of receipts that showed up on my doorstep so um so you know it, it obviously it it's it sucks um and i i don't want it to be misconstrued like the the lakers being who they are the lakers is that regardless of who's on the team it, it it's annoying when like the Cowboys win. I know people think it's annoying when the Yankees win, even though I'm Yankees fans, like I get, I get the Lakers, you know, uh, that, that it's not, not ideal, but also like, it's just, it's not, it's the worst possible outcome for the Pelicans long-term. And it's everything went perfectly for them with LeBron and AD. AD's absolutely going to resign. The only question is how long is going to resign? Is he going to resign for? And so it's, it's not a great news story for the draft picks well into the future. Obviously there's a, we, you know, the Pelicans own them a few years out. And so the, the book's still very much open on how valuable they'll be, but it's, you know, I don't know how it could have gone worse uh, one year in, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there are a couple things I want to talk about. One, you know, it was sad slash disappointing to watch, I watched, you know, the, all the games and I watched like all the reactions post game and, you know, the the locker room stuff and the speeches and whatever, you know, after seven years of investing in Anthony Davis, that's something like I had hoped for as a Pelican fan to experience that experience that with Anthony Davis as the leader of the team. And so 
you know, it's like you build up these ideas in your head and you're watching them unfold in front of you just for the team you despise. Um, So that was, that was disappointing. And and Um, like, it sucks because you like, like what make, what makes the Lakers like, so, and forget uh, beyond obviously the city thing, like what, what gives them the right in recent years, forget you know, the, the way they've really built that team, how is it different from the way many other teams have built their team? And like, why, why do they get to have AD with LeBron and why can another team, like, even if it's at the Pelicans, why can another team have it? It's just, it's just really frustrating because it feels like it was like not earned and just it's fortuitous, you know? Yes. And so that was going to be my second point is that I feel like bad management and bad roster building and just bad ownership was rewarded this year. They had, they got a star to force his way out of a different team. They orchestrated the whole thing and all of that, every single one of those actions was rewarded. And I don't, I don't think it's like some big change that's going to happen with the league. You know, I don't think that other stars are going to be like, Oh, well, AD got away with it. We can do it too. But it's not good. Right. It's not good when teams are already struggling to contain stars, you know, cause like, I think when LeBron was going to be a free agent, we joked, there was lots of memes and jokes on Pelicans Twitter, like LeBron should come to the Pelicans. Right. And at that point, the Pelicans had an amazing roster, which, uh, and they, it would have been Drew, AD, LeBron and Meritage. And not that it was ever even remotely a possibility, but the fact is, if LeBron wanted to make it happen, they could have made it happen. And that could have been a championship team right then and there, you know? Right, right. Um, and so, but they wanted to make it happen in LA. And I don't blame them. You can't blame the players for kind of taking their own destinies into their own hand and doing it on their terms. That's really good for player empowerment. It just sucks mm-hmm. as a fan of a team that doesn't get to experience that. Yeah. And like, it's it's weird the differences that come across with but uh, in basketball to like football for example where in football there really isn't this allegiance to 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 big cities you know and you've got like green bay the packers have been just like this dominant team for decades and they're Patriots, they're they playing fucking yeah. terrible weather but like at least like boston's a big city like green bay wisconsin has been dominant it's shitty weather it's not a big city like there's nothing appealing about it and yet this team's been dominant for for 20 years with brett Favre and now aaron Rodgers. And now and and you look at basketball it's just like if you're not in one of these big cities and these uh, glamour markets you know lebron goes because it's la and because the lakers are a prestigious franchise from their entire for their entire history in los angeles uh or and it's hollywood he gets to make space jam right (laughs) yeah and so like that's the reason he goes there not that the team was managed and and i'm not trying to say the lakers were like uh you know a con or kings or knicks level blunder but like they were definitely in the bottom half of the league pretty pretty comfortably in terms of for those like seven years or so it was really bad yeah yeah and so you know, he goes for super, you know, uh, superficial is the wrong word, but he goes for reasons that don't have to do with how, how well the team's managed. And then that that's the snowball effect. LeBron goes there. Then everything, every point you made spot on about, you know, a, you know, getting AD there. And so it's just, you know, it, it's, it's fresh. It's frustrating for 80% of the other teams in the league, you know? And so it's, it's, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's not going to change the, the way that the, no, none of this changes the way the league is, is, uh, 
you know the direction that's going but it's 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 annoying <laughs> yeah well in, enough lakers talk they are champions congrats to them and their organizations i am not congratulating the fans they can go fuck themselves <laughs> and uh but yeah you know congrats to the players in the org good yep. for them yep. and we can talk about the Pelicans coaching situation, which has been very, very interesting yeah. with some of the names that have come up. And I guess we can, I can recap it a little bit. The most recent news is Stan Ben Gundy was in town and he is emerging as a strong finalist. And between him and Ty Lue and a couple others that have been uh, linked, the Pelicans have a pretty interesting list of, of candidates. And I think, these aren't finalists. I'm making this very clear, but you know, some of the names that have been associated with the Pelicans coaching search have been Dan Craig from Miami. Um, I'm blanking already. Oh, Will Weaver, uh, Sydney Kings, uh, the former Long Island's net head coach, uh, Jamal Mosley, which Brian Windhorst mentioned. So they're clearly doing their research. I think someone else mentioned they, they had interviewed David Vanterpool and Darvin Ham as well. So, it's been a pretty robust search. Stan Van Gundy is emerging as a finalist. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it is hard. If you look at just his resume, especially the Gentry folks who just point to wins and losses and nothing else, um, you can't be upset about it. And it, beyond the wins and losses, you look at every stop he's had. He, he, he won in Miami. Um, the departure from Miami, depending on who you ask is it can, you, you get a different story, whether it was Pat Riley forcing him out or any other sort of, or, or, uh, Stan Van Gunny leaving on his own accord, which is what he says. Uh, and I, I think he didn't even, yeah, he didn't even, you know, he, he, he resigned. So he didn't get the salary for that year. So I think that's a reasonable thing to assume is that he just wanted to, 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 you know, take time away. And then he goes, um, you know, coaches the Magic. That's a pretty revolutionary team that he had with Dwight Howard, the four out with Dwight in the middle. Um, you know, there was the pretty fairly public disagreements or, you know, it's me or him with between uh, Stan Van Gunny and Dwight Howard. Um, and uh, and the, the, the Magic kind of went with their superstar, which didn't really work out for them well. Um I mean, although that trade, I still remember that trade, that 14 trade with Dwight Howard and the Magic somehow weirdly may have ended up with the best, <laughs> the best return out of those four teams in the long run, which is crazy. Um, and then, um, you know, he goes and get to, and works for the Pistons. And I think most people would agree that the downfall there was the fact that he was also the play, uh, president of basketball operations and his drafting record was uh, horrific. And so, um, you know, I, I, I haven't done a ton of homework and I think maybe you have about what his reputation as a coach was, uh, in this most recent stop in Detroit, but it, it kind of seemed like the, the real problem was him having to wear, having to wear two hats. And so it feels like every step of the way, he's been a solid head coach and JJ Redick among others has said really great things about him. So, um, I'm, you know, if he ends up being the op, the, the, the choice, I, I don't think we can be too, uh, too upset about that. Yeah. So you covered a lot of Stan Van Gundy's background and uh, I wanted to touch on a couple points where first of all, he was very innovative, right? So they Van Gundy realized how dominant of a present Dwight Howard was in the post and in, in the middle. So they had a four out system and for a three year span from 2009 and 10 through 2011 and 12, they were at the top of the league in three pointers made and attempted. 
which is pretty wild considering, you know, the, the whole analytic revolution um, didn't really come into the, the fray as much as strongly until the Warriors took off. And so that's pretty impressive. And Mike D'Antoni and the Nash Stuns get a lot of credit for their evolutionary offense, but Van Gundy was doing a lot of the same stuff or similar stuff from an analytical standpoint in Orlando back in the day. Uh, as you mentioned, J.J. Redick has great things to say about Van Gundy. Dwayne Wade has great things to say about Van Gundy. And I informally polled a few people, coaches, uh, executives around the league, and the reviews on Van Gundy are great. Uh, they say he prepares his players better than basically anyone they have ever seen. And the players know exactly what they're going into and coming out of. And people loved working for him in, in Detroit, apparently, uh, despite his dual role as president of basketball operations and coach. Uh, it's very clear that he wasn't a good decision maker in terms of uh, the front office side of things. And so having a strong presence there in David Griffin uh, should alleviate those concerns. But as a coach, you know, Van Gundy gets a lot of praise from people around the league. So that, that to me means something. And two, he's described as a kind of no nonsense type coach when practice turns on. And he is very meticulous in his preparation and he is very meticulous in holding himself accountable if, if the team isn't doing well. And so I think what Griff is looking for is kind of an asshole to keep the team in line. I think Van Gundy is very much a candidate that checks some of those boxes as well as being uh, a good coach um, in terms of X's and O's and uh, personnel management. So I think Van Gundy is a strong candidate. I think I would say he's my favorite candidate of the people that have been mentioned uh, just because of the reviews he's getting and, um, those those Magic teams were some of my favorite teams. I was a big Dwight Howard fan back in the day, uh, especially when they made the finals. So he's done some impressive stuff. The the stuff in Detroit, I mean, their roster was crap. And, you know, it was – they were relying on Reggie Jackson, who was injured the whole time. And so it just wasn't a good situation there. And I'm, I think he's learned a lot from his little bit of a break that he's had since Detroit. The wait is finally over. Football's back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From games, spreads, and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on the season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. 
With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. I lean slightly towards uh, towards Lou if given the option, I think. Um, but um, I, I will say that that's just a, a that's just the two of them. And I, I feel like, um, and maybe this is a miss on my part, but I feel like I, I have a slightly more confidence in Lou to build out uh, a assistant coaching staff around him that is that complements each other. And not to say that Stan can't or won't. I uh, just, I don't know. I just, I have this feeling that, that Lou is a slightly better position in terms of his, um, you know, relationships around the league uh, to, to do that. Um, and also I think age is a factor relating to players is a factor, things like that. Some of the stuff that like, I feel like you have to rely on a head coach to do. And especially with this Pelicans team, I just, I kind of feel like I feel a little bit more confident in Ty, but that's just like, uh, we're, we're talking about two good candidates here. I think I'm not, uh, I'd be, I'd be quite happy with either option. I agree. And I think there's a reason for why the Pelicans have wanted Ty Lu for a very long time. And uh, you covered some of those reasons and, you know, the Pelicans have kind of been enamored with, with Lou for dating back to February and even, even maybe December. The problem with Ty Lu is Ty Lu isn't all that enamored with the Pelicans. And, you know, you guys can make, of that what you want to the fact remains Lou wants to be on a team that is just in a much better position in terms of winning so the Clippers uh, the Rockets are the finalists previously he was looking at Philadelphia and the Brooklyn Nets before their jobs were covered and so Lou is really really trying to explore all these possibilities for better teams before he settles on the Pelicans if he settles on the Pelicans and I, I do think there is an argument to be made you know why do you want to go after a guy that's trying really hard not to be here? Um, but I personally don't hold that against him because that guy's doing due yeah. diligence for his career. And it's not like he said, you know, if, if he didn't want to come to the Pelicans, he wouldn't have them as an option. You know, like yep. there's a reason he wasn't, you know, Indiana's not an option. There's a reason, you know, OKC is not an option for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there's merit to that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't find it likely the Pelicans end up with him. I, I do think one of the Clippers, I think Houston actually is where he ends up, but I know really? one of those two. Yeah, I, I think so. I think Houston bites the bullet. Um, and so I think what's going to happen is they realize they have a small window with Harden and, and Westbrook and they gotta, they gotta do what they gotta do to make them happy. So, so it, let's, let's say Mike Brown or Chauncey gets the job and uh, well, hopefully not Chauncey because I, Chauncey's a guy I would love to have as like, as, as on Ty Lue's staff, but let's say Mike Brown gets the job in, uh, uh, in Los Angeles. You think if it comes down to the uh, Rockets and the Pelicans that Ty Lue ends up in Houston? Oh, I don't think I know. Huh? I, I am telling you, if there's the same amount of money on the table. Well, that's a big if. That's exactly what I'm getting at, though. <laughs> I think that I think even if there's slightly less money on the table with Houston, he'll go there. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'm not saying that 
I think I think I think the offer's got to be really really bad from Houston, really bad. And I think when when that happens, it's going to piss off their stars. It's just not a good situation. Yeah, but I don't know. I just keep coming back to this, the this way like, I was told. I was told explicitly things have to go really fucking bad for Lou to end up on the Pelicans. <laughs> oh man. Um, that's tough. I, I, I'm Which just... is a possibility when Tillman Fertitta is the owner. It yeah, is exactly. Complete, it's a complete reality. <laughs> it's not this like remote, you know, impossibility. No, it's, it, it's very likely where Tillman decides to go wise ass and realizes, Oh, the Clippers went in a different direction. Maybe we can shortchange. He's going to hire his own assistant. We well, all know this thing, is like <laughs> Fertitta is going to, yeah, he's going to try to play the, he's probably read the art of the deal. And worships Trump. And like, okay, well, the Clippers are off the table. We will give you two dollars. Oh, he's gonna be like, "Fuck you," and move on. Um, it's a possibility. It's it's a complete possibility. But I think, barring you know some shenanigans going on in Houston, I would say I would I would put money on on Ben Gundy being the favorite to come out of this. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And I'm, I, I guess I just have, I'm more cynical about um, Fertitta than I guess. Uh, I, I'm just trying to think about everything. The, the fact that Russell Westbrook and James Harden pretty almost get you into the, not into the tax, but like they're, they could cap you out by themselves. Uh, the pandemic hasn't exactly been great for Fertitta's like core business. He's broke boy super asking for loans. Yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> big old loan, um, super leveraged, and just like, yeah, I just don't, I, I, I don't feel like he's in a great spot financially. And so if you're, if you're asking him, oh yeah, and you can, by the way, go and have to pay, give Ty, Ty Lu, um, you know, thirty million dollars guaranteed, or I mean, not obviously not per year, but like over the course of his contract, uh, I, I feel like that's maybe a tough sell. And so, um, well, I guess, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. It's impossible to predict. Do you try? I do want to get your thoughts on on Jason Kidd a little bit because his name has come up and he is probably getting an interview. Just people should probably brace for that news to come out. Um, so given that you know that, what are your thoughts? How do you feel about the whole kid situation? Yeah. Um, and I think we, we hit on this lightly last podcast because that, the news was out that he was going to be an interview. We didn't know, we didn't know. I don't think last time we knew the situation of like, they're going to have so many remote interviews and have finalists in person. We didn't have that information. All we knew was that kid was, was uh, speculated to be one of the candidates. And so, I mean, it's, it's bad um, regardless. Um, I think what what's what we're all, I mean, fingers crossed. So I feel like we're both like you and I and others are fairly confident in the fact this is just like a, this is an agent favor. This is not like a real thing. Um, which like, I'm even if it's just a remote first run interview, I'm still not happy about it, but like, whatever, if it's just a, you know, for display and for nothing else. But if it's, if he really is one of the four that were ha- that, you know, are in-person finalists, it, it does rub me the wrong way to a higher degree. And, and again, even if we assume he's not the, he's not even like a, a more than like a 2% chance of those four guys, then it's still bad because I, I just keep looking and I say, there are so many good options in this off season. We've talked about many of them. The Pelicans have, to, have apparently interviewed many of them um, even uh, in the first round. Um, 
but some of these guys are, are great options who, you know, could their careers could benefit from even the publicity of being a, a one of the finalists, you know? And so to have Jason Kidd and his past and his, his checkered past, his bad reputation come in as one of the four finalists, if that if that's the case, it's just a bad look. Uh, I, I don't like it. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll have to talk another day if he's actually someone who's being seriously considered. But um, I, at this point, I'm still holding out um, hope that it's, that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, I hear that. I think all those thoughts are valid. My pushback on that is, you know, if you know, if you know this whole thing is, is a one giant favor to the agent that you share with him, uh, David Griffin and, and Jason Kidd share an agency. Um, if you know this whole thing is a big old sham and you're doing this for relationships, is he even really a finalist? Because you know, you know, you're not picking that guy. You're, you're doing this, you're doing this kind of charade where charade, is that even a word? Charade? Charade. charade. <laughs> I was going to let you my, roll with that. <laughs> my ESL slips through every once in a while. Um, but yeah, and if you're if you're doing this whole charade where where you're bringing him in and he's a finalist and you're you're not seriously considering him, then I don't think it necessarily takes away from people that didn't make the cut because the people that didn't make the cut didn't make the cut, and the real finalists are the other three. Um, and so you could argue yeah. like, okay, well they could have done this. They could have done this five interviews instead of four yeah. Hours. I mean, yeah. That, you know, it's, it's it's completely arbitrary. Yep. Uh, yep. And I think some of those other candidates probably are more deserving of that. And, and I agree the optics of just messing around with kid aren't great at all. But if Griff feels like there is a tangible benefit that can come from doing this favor, doing a favor to that agency an agency that also represents Brandon Ingram and some other high profile clients, then mm-hmm. I'm not totally against it. You know, uh, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm against it regardless, com- but I hear you. I'm not. I'm yeah. not like. I'm. It's. I'm, I'm not going to use it to drag down Griff. You know, that's that's where. Yeah. He, okay. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm at. I mean, I I agree that. So I'm 100 on the side of Jason Kidd doesn't need any pity interviews. You don't yeah. need to give him a platform. You don't need to do any of this. Yes. If I were in charge, I wouldn't do any of this. But I'm not going to hold it against Griff that he's doing it. Again, we'll come back to it if he actually gets the job. Because <laughs> that's that's a whole another uh, conversation. Boge bomb two weeks oh, from now. Um, the Pelicans have hired Jason Kidd. And it's like, okay, please shoot me. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, no. He belongs with the Lakers. He should just be there forever. Yeah. I hope so. Wasn't he supposed to be like Bogle's uh, replacement? Yeah, they yeah. were going to be bad. Well, yeah. like so much for that. Yeah. So much for that. In any yeah. case, I think the Pelicans should be deciding over the next week or so. And it's probably going to hinge on Ty Lue. What will be interesting. What will tell me a lot is if they lock up someone other than Lou before Lou makes his decision. Because then it tells you that they were, you know, they, they've known all along Lou doesn't really consider them. Um, and they really, really like the other guy. And then they're just getting it done so they can go ahead with their with their off season planning and their roster planning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Um what um what else has happened? Anything else? Um I'm trying to think of anything Pelicans related that's worth uh worth talking about. <laughs> well, so Stan Van Gundy had a really good podcast with Zach Lowe. Yep. 
before the bubble started and he previewed the Pelicans and he was just spot on with all the analysis from, you know, the, the Pelicans defense. Is it real? Is it not real to what the hell is Lonzo ball? And it's funny because people were sending me uh, tweets of Lonzo stands when, after they heard the Stan Van Gundy news and they were freaking out, they were, they were freaking <laughs> no out. They're like, Oh, he doesn't, he's not a half court point guard. He just want to be a spot up shooter and be a point guard in transition only. That's not good. Bring in Atkinson. He's going to give him 30 pick and rolls every game. And, oh my gosh. That was uh, fun to watch. And oh my God. I think, I think it's interesting because, you know, Van Gundy's going to come in with no such delusions on Lonzo, and he's going to come in with no such delusions yeah. on any, any of the people on, on, on the roster. So I'm excited to see what he does with that crew. I think that structure that he provides um, is going to do wonders for guys like Nikhil and Jackson Hayes. Now, whether they turn out to be great players for us remains to be seen, but I think having a Van Gundy who does that, who does that preparation, who brings in that structure is so much better for them than alvin who's was completely laissez-faire and hands-off in that approach so, and was yeah. autonomous and let the player development staff do their thing yeah so this so it's a great point that we have now two recent events coming to get coming to a head um one obviously is not by, by far not confirmed yet but uh, so let's pretend that stan van gunny is the head coach we have that on one side on the other side we have lonzo ball signing with clutch sports who's they're going to want everything they can. They're going to want to do everything they can to maximize Lonzo balls um, value for his next contract. And do those two things conflict? Does the role that Stan Van Gundy sees Lonzo ball playing conflict with what clutch sports wants Lonzo to be, to maximize his next contract. And I think this looks to me, it conflicts with (laughs) what Lonzo views himself as. Yep. For sure. And, and I guess the argument is that, you know, if if Lonzo can maximize his his uh, value in the role that he should be playing, that in theory should should over uh, overcome uh, any sort of uh, you know potential for uh, to play as as a point guard. Because I Look, mean, you've made the point before about the, the the median starting point guard salary in the NBA is is high. Um, the question is, does Clutch think that the role that Stan would want him to play can can surpass that value <laughs> yeah but the funny thing is a six six point or a six six wing who can defend multiple positions can rebound the ball really well can play make can play point guard in a pinch if he has to and he can knock down um catch and shoot threes isn't that the player that every single team wants yeah right right yep and and those players get paid wing players young wing players get paid and I just need someone in Lonzo's camp to have that light bulb go off and be like, dude, we're, we're trying to compete in the wrong market here. You're already good at all these things. You're so good at these things, in fact. And so if I were clutch, that's what I would try to groom him to be. But Lonzo in a contract year, man, I, I am not looking forward to this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It'll be, uh, It'll, it'll, it'll be something I, I am now I'm very curious about uh, yeah, it's a good point about Stan. If he's the coach, he kind of knows, he, he kind of aligns with our views on what Lonzo is and is not. And so what happens is just because there's, there's a world in which Lonzo just gets disgruntled and um, doesn't like the way, the way he's being positioned. Um, I don't think so. I don't see Lonzo as that kind of guy, um, but it's possible. Um, and so what happens there? 
Um, if he even, you know, if he's, he's still on the team next year. So a lot, a lot of stuff up in the air over the next few months, but uh, uh, definitely very interesting things to, to discuss as they, as things get solidified. Yep. Yep. I am excited for, for Mr. Van Gundy, if that happens. I, I Ty Lu, I think, you know, that's another guy that'd be really good. I, I don't know if he has a lot of experience as the lead, as a head coach working with young players and, and developing them, but he does come from a player development background. That's where he got his start like yep. when he was in, in Boston. So awesome, it's not like right? he doesn't yeah. Yeah. know how to do these things, but also, you know, our friend of the show, McNamara has been hammering the point that these coaches are going to be a function of their staff mm-hmm. and, and who they bring in. And yeah. so Lou's not going to be out there personally working these guys and making sure they run every pick and roll and they do every drill. I mean, he's going to obviously get involved in stuff. Same thing with Stan Van Gundy, you know, um, there's only one of that person. It involves the whole staff and a, a complete and total program. Yeah. Um, and so it'll be exciting to see how they handle the development of young players in that regard. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, I think this is a good recap for what's going on. Hopefully people took away some, important pointers and our information doesn't get dated after we release this and Jason Kidd does end up the head coach. That would be quite unfortunate because we'd have to do an emergency pod, but thanks for catching up with us and stay tuned for our free agency breakdowns uh, for all 29 other teams. And it's, it's going to be a good time. What's up, everybody? I'm Bladen. I'm Matt. And I'm Theo. And we are Stay Hot, the only podcast that gives you the hottest analysis and takes on the NFL and NBA all year round. I know that there's a lot of losers and haters out there who don't think three sports TikTokers can hang for a full pod, but, you know, we're going to prove them all wrong. We're about to dive deep into the NFL draft and are already hitting the NBA playoffs. So watch Stay Hot on YouTube or listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.